wish you'd do for me. What? Come here. Man, <clears throat> I have been listening to that since I was seven years old and five years old, actually, and it fires me up every time. <laughs> Sometimes more than others, but uh, every time at least a little bit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 31. My guest today was uh, going to be my buddy James Johan, and then I realized that he is out of the country. And then I asked Jeff Richards to do it, and he was going to do it, and then, uh, it was on Saturday Night Live, I asked him to do it, and he was, uh, wanted to do it, and was going to, and then ended up having to do something else and couldn't, and then I asked Justin, and I haven't heard from Justin, so, alright, um, and I'm sure he is, he just is a fucker sometimes and didn't get back to me, so if you're listening, Justin, you're a fucker. But anyway, um, I don't have a guest today is kind of my point, everyone. So I don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe it'll be 20 minutes. Maybe it'll be 30 if I get uh, if I get going and it's not too bad. But I'm gonna, I promise I've heard one-man podcasts before, and sometimes they are just brutal. Just fucking brutal. Nobody wants to hear anyone talk to themselves for that long. So I've written down some topics. I'm going to try to stay on task here, and I'm going to stay try to uh, not ramble. Because, God, there's enough of that, isn't there? Have you ever been around someone who just flat out cannot tell a story? <laughs> um, it's brutal, man. And the problem with me, I don't know if it's, <clears throat> I don't know if people are trying to impress me because I'm a comedian, so they want to try to be funny. I don't know if it's uh, that I pause too long or, God forbid, think about what they asked me before I answer my, their question. But people will ask me questions, and before I can answer, they'll insert either their own punchline, or they'll say what they think I feel before they'll even allow me to say it, and uh, it's it's fucking exhausting, man. <laughs> it's exhausting. My friends do it. People do it after shows. <clears throat> Family does it to me. Um, so it, it's got to be something I'm doing or something my personality puts off or something. But anyway, the reason that I decided to do this podcast by myself is because it is very easy for me to blow things off. You know, and I had good excuses. I've been traveling and it's not always easy to to get these things recorded and what I need to do is just stockpile a whole bunch of them. But that kind of takes away from the freshness sometimes, you know, and it's, you never know what's going to happen and then some big news story comes up and it's like, "Well, why didn't you talk about that?" Well, because I filmed this shit, recorded it three weeks ago, that's why. Um, so I try to keep it as fresh as I can in, in terms of that. Um, so, anyway. I don't have a guest. <laughs> and you see why it's fucking hard sometimes. Because I just said, I'm not going to ramble. And what have I done for three minutes and 47 seconds? But essentially, ramble. What's going on in the news? Uh, more NFL shit. I gotta tell you, man, I don't, 
I don't know. My, my friend Jim Martz broke it down pretty good, explained it in a way that made a lot of sense to me. He was like, you know, at the end of the day, those guys are uh, entertainers. And entertainers are supposed to entertain, you know. And it's not that what they're saying isn't valid and, and all that. It's just that there's a better time and place for it. And they're getting paid a lot of money to do a job that entertains people and takes them takes their mind off of this kind of stuff. So he said he sees where they're coming from, but at the same time, you know, he teaches his kids that they stand for the flag and all that, and not because he thinks America is perfect. Uh, he was talking about being a patriot and all this stuff, and and uh, we got to talking later, and I told him some of the things that I feared about America that had happened and that kind of thing and and uh I was like I don't want to offend you because I know you're a patriotic guy and he's like no fuck I know that there's problems with this country and our government does evil shit and all that I just choose to look at the good part of it and you know we were talking and it's almost like that movie a few good men where he's like you can't handle the truth and I guarantee you we probably couldn't handle the damn truth of what our government does and the things that go on behind the curtain that if they didn't we wouldn't live the way we do and that's just the brutal truth of it so a lot of people hide their head in the sand about a variety of things and want to call you a conspiracy theorist if you have questions about anything especially uh, official stories um, so that 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 was good to hear that you know and the way he said it made me not feel like such a prick because I feel like I love America. I do. I've been to other countries and I'm always grateful to come home just for the little things and for the most part Americans are nice people. Of course they're dicks. There are dicks in every walk of life but for the most part Americans are pretty cool. We're welcoming. You know, where are you from? Are you hungry? You know, for the most part Los Angeles and New York is always that way, but that's just because there's so many people. It's harder for it to be that way, you know? So I don't want to bag on, on uh, New York and L.A. either, but I have, have heard some people that say that the rest of the country besides New York and L.A. is a flyover zone, and I wanted to punch that guy in the face. I was like, do you realize what an asshole you sound like saying that? The uh, flyover zone is the the heartbeat of this country. That's where all the work is done and, and we're good people in this country. And we do have a great way of life. And I certainly can't complain about mine. You know, I have everything I need. And anything I don't have is on me. Any, as far as career notoriety or any of that, I struggle with even whether I want career notoriety. And I still don't know that I really do but I also know that I have abilities that I'm just flat out not using. And I'm 42 years old, so when am I going to start using them? Like I said earlier, it's easy for me to blow shit off. And I think it's easy for a lot of us to blow shit off. And uh, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, God willing, I'll have a, a, a child in the next couple of years or whenever that happens. And... I want them to look at me and be like, you really can do anything with the abilities you've been given if you put some effort into it. And unfortunately, I have always been uh, 
I always got C's in high school. I mainly cheated in high school, but I didn't cheat in college. I was always too scared to. And I still got C's. I just did what I had to do. I was a good wrestling a wrestler. I won most of the matches I wrestled for my entire career. But I never put in the effort I could have. I never became as good as I could have. And now that I'm a comedian, I've been doing it for a living for 17 years, and I'm proud of that. But I haven't been doing all the things I need to do as far as showcasing all, showcasing all the talents that I believe God gave me. And if you think I'm hokey for believing in God, then, you know, that's your problem. And I'm not telling you you have to believe in God, but if you think I'm a dick for it, then you're a dick. <laughs> believe whatever makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, you know. Uh, here's the rambling part. I feel like I'm rambling right now. Um, I wanted to... Uh, so, the, the gist of that, to tie it a little bow on it, is that, you know, what I have to do is there's a great open mic every Monday and Tuesday. I have to make Monday and Tuesday my night to try out new stuff and stick to trying it and then put it into my act where it belongs. See, what's dangerous and sometimes kind of cool and easy about not being a famous comedian is that you can do your act forever and you can just keep making it better and better and better and cutting stuff out and adding stuff. And that's really cool, but I would like to get better known, and I want to have three or four albums, not just one that I keep tinkering with and making better, because that's basically what I've done for my entire career. And there's some people who get a tight act and just do the same one verbatim for 45 minutes for about 20 years, and I would want to kill myself. But there are jokes in my act that I've had for a long time. And the, the dangerous part is that when you're not well-known and you're just a solid headlining comedian is that every audience is pretty much new. But I want to get to the point where people are coming out to see me, and when they do, I don't want them to hear any of the same stuff. Like when you're famous, I'm not saying it's easier but it kind of is. You get famous, you do your out, you build an hour, you do a special, you're done with it. Then you try to work on a new hour. And if you're famous enough, you got enough money to just work it out and get writers and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, you have the notoriety when you automatically, when you go on stage, you have, uh, you, you've got, they, they already, they automatically like you and are there to see you. So it becomes a little easier, and I've touched on this before, but that's your reward for getting famous and for working hard. And in some cases, it's not from working hard. Sometimes it's just fucking luck. But like Louis C.K. and guys like that, they have earned they have earned everything they've, they've got. You know, and Ralphie May, God rest his soul, he was the same way. That guy had so much material. I mean, just it just flowed out of him. And Louis C.K. said it once, it's in all of us. You know, you wrote all that shit. You can write it again. You can write, you can, you know. So that's what I would like to do. Um, I want to just write a whole new 30, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, within like the next six months. And I know that I can do it if I just put some effort into it. Sometimes the danger of having natural ability is that you don't work as hard as you should. But when you do, when you put it all together... You know, it's 
when amazing things happen. You know, when people have great talent on a wrestling mat, talent's not enough. You have to work hard. Some guys work hard and don't have any talent. And some guys have all the talent and don't work hard. And they usually get to about the same place. But the guy who has talent and works hard, that's when you have something special. And I'm 42, and it's not too late for me to change some of the habits that I've developed over the course of my life, which is sticking with what works and not taking as much risk as I should. I mean, I've got some edgy material, and I always have, and I always like to push the envelope a little bit. But I've got some stuff that's just... I think it's really good. And some of its audiences, you know, when you're famous also, you can do certain shit. I have a joke. <laughs> the joke is about religion. And I talk about the, uh, I talk about in the Bible how it says the meek shall inherit the earth. And I go, well, that was one of the first lies rich people told poor people. I just imagine some slave owner standing around. All right, everybody gather around, listen up. A lot of y'all bitching about your lots in life. Well, I got good news for it. It says right here in the Bible what God wrote. And when you die, you're going to get everything. You're going to inherit the earth, lock, stock, and barrel. So don't bitch about the fact that in this lifetime, I get to own everything and crush all this slave pussy. You see, in round two, I get nothing. See, that's the joke. And sometimes people laugh if it's a really good audience. But mostly they get hung up on slave pussy. <laughs> and I get it. I get you getting hung up on, on that terminology. But if you think slave owners weren't humping their slaves back in the day, well, you're just wrong. You know? You think they owned other humans and they were above having sex with them? Come on now. So I think it's funny. I get to own everything and crush all this slave pussy. You know, I mean, it's just a way to keep people in line. Which... Uh... Again, I believe in God. I think it's a shame that God, that religion is so often what keeps people from God. I'm not religious. I think a lot of stuff in the Bible was definitely written by men. But the gist of it is that you treat people good and treat them how you want to be treated. And don't be a dick. Don't lie, cheat, or steal, or murder. And things will go all right for you. You know, those are the rules, basically. I'm going to listen to this when I'm done, and uh, we'll see if it, gets, if, it, if, if it gets aired. But again, I didn't want to skip a week again. I've done that before, and I just feel like a dick every time I do it. So, all right. I'm going to try some new jokes on you guys. Um, I say I'm going to try them on you guys, but really I'm just going to go over the words. And, and then sometimes, hopefully, you'll come to my show whenever I'm in your city, and you'll be like, I remember on his podcast when he was working these jokes out. So this is the stuff I was uh, going over and thinking about. And the other night I was nervous before I went on stage. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to go up there and say, you know, I get ner I'm just going to call it. I'm just going to go up and say, you know, I get nervous before I go on stage. I've been doing this for a living for 17 years, and I still get nervous. And then I get up here, and I look out at you buttholes. And I'm like, well, they couldn't do this to save their life. Fuck them. And uh, I actually didn't say that, but I think it's funny. <laughs> and I think I didn't say it because I wasn't nervous. I didn't give a shit. It was just this open mic I was trying some new jokes at. So I didn't say it, but I think that's funny. And I also wanted to say, um, 
I'm a straight white male, otherwise known as the enemy. I think that's funny. It's also true, man. It's kind of how you feel these days. You're a white guy. kind of feel like everyone thinks you're a dick. And they're right for a lot of parts. Anyway, here are my jokes. Um, I was thinking about the word butthole and how it's funny and how we need to bring it back and just start calling people buttholes. And that would that really takes the guesswork out of whether or not someone is anyone that you want to have any conversations with. If someone says, ah, he's a butthole, you know not to go talk to that guy. There's no, there's no, well, other than being a butthole, is he a good guy? No, he's a butthole. <laughs> like Donald Trump. No matter how you feel about Donald Trump, and I have learned that people get so fired up if they voted for that man. They get so fired up. And same way, same thing goes with the other. Like I said, I'm pro-common sense. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I don't think either side is being fair with a lot of this shit. But no matter how you feel about Donald Trump, no matter if you're his biggest fan, you have to admit he's a butthole. Donald Trump is the definition of a butthole. He's boorish. He's loud. He doesn't listen to you. He doesn't care what you think. He's orange. He wears orange makeup. The man is seen worldwide. And if you wear orange makeup knowing that you're seen worldwide, you are a butthole. You know? You look like an Oompa Loompa. You look like Mimi from the Drew Carey Show. What the fuck are you doing, man? So Donald Trump is a butthole. You know? Uh, uh, I wrote some stuff about uh, white privilege. And... Uh, the joke goes like this. I understand white privilege. I really do. I get what it means, what people mean by white privilege. And uh, I also understand that there's more to it than economics. But there's also a misconception that all white people are born into money and that we never have any problems in that area. Well, I gotta tell you, that is bullshit. My mom was on food stamps, child support, was not paid by my father. Uh, we were on welfare. We got evicted all the time. We didn't have a car. We didn't have a phone. And not once in all those years of barely squeaking by did any bill collector come knocking on our door. Excuse me, Mrs. Gaither Goldberg-Ashley, it's come to our attention that you're white. And we didn't realize that before we shut off all your shit. So we're going to get that turned back on, get you some groceries in there, maybe get these kids a ride to school. <laughs> Which is part of the reason my brother never went where he would have with his talent. He was a great wrestler, but in that sport, you don't need white parents. You need the right parents. This isn't part of the joke anymore. It's just something I was thinking about. And my mom did the best she could with what she had, and I'm not knocking her. Um, but, you know, it definitely wasn't a white thing. You know, no one ever was like, come with us, cracker, we got you. <laughs> not to say that we didn't have good friends and good family that didn't help us out. Not really family too much, to be honest with you. But my mom had friends, and, you know... 
I'm sure there was a lot of people that were generous to my mom that I didn't even know about. I know somebody gave us a car. It looked like, uh, it looked like an, it looked, remember the movie Uncle Buck? It looked like that, except it was shittier. It had like the molding coming off. One time I was, uh, one time I was sitting on a porch in eighth grade with this really good looking girl named Chris Foster. And, uh, <clears throat> we're sitting there and my mom pulls up in this car big green Ford LTD piece of shit muffler no muffler so it's making a ton of noise if they did have a muffler it's like dragging on the ground uh, moldings hanging off rusted all the way through no hubcaps I mean just a piece of shit I mean it was like I think I said somebody gave it to her it was such a crappy car um, I'm sitting there with this girl Chris Foster and my mom pulls up in this heap of shit and Chris goes, nice car, lady, just to me. You know, and if if, uh, if it hadn't been my mom, it would have been kind of funny. But it was my mom. And uh, <laughs> when she got out of the car, I remember thinking, what are the odds that my mom's not going to say hello to me? And she got all the way to the top of the stairs before she finally just stopped and looked down and said, well, hello, son. And I was just fucking mortified. I mean, <laughs> I was mortified that this girl saw me, or that this girl was, you know, hot in eighth grade. And when you're in middle school, you go to great lengths to hide the fact that you're poor. And I did. I used to get, we didn't have a phone, so I would give people the phone number of the payphone at the gas station near our house, our apartment. And I would have people call me, and I'd be like, call at exactly 6.30. Exactly. Okay? Can you do that for me? <laughs> Why? You know, and I wouldn't tell them, you know, what am I supposed to say? Oh, it gets cold in my house by 7, and by 8, people start panhandling and shit. <laughs> you know. Anyway, I want to talk about that stuff more on stage. None of it's really in joke form yet, but, you know, and I think a danger of teaching white privilege or even having that term is that not only does it teach little white kids, hey, you're, you're better than minorities, just inherently. You know, if, if the wrong person teaches a kid about white privilege, then that's what they're going to think. And if, they te if the wrong person teaches a black kid about white privilege, white ki black kids are going to grow up thinking white kids are dicks. They get all the breaks and blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to continue this divisiveness that this country seems to be under right now. I don't think it's going to do it any good. And it also doesn't teach compassion. You know, just because you're white doesn't keep you from being abused. It doesn't keep you from, you know, that's the main thing. When you're a kid, it doesn't keep you from being abused. It just doesn't, you know, kids get abused in a variety of ways, and it, it's spared, no one is spared, no matter what race, it, it has got nothing to do with it. My point in saying that is that, you know, you don't know what anyone's been through in their life, and judging them on the color of their skin, even if it's white, is fucking racist. So, that's my only problem with the whole thing, and I get it, I get it, but other than, other than, uh, I don't know. I'm starting to ramble, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Especially about race. I get, I just, there's, it's so fascinating to me. Um, 
so many aspects of it. Anyway, um, what else did I want to joke about? Being 20 versus being 40. The difference between being 20 and 40 is that when you're 20 and you meet someone, you're like, I think I've met the love of my life. And when you're 40 and you meet someone, you're like, oh, man, I found someone I really like, and it's going to wreck me when it ultimately goes to shit. <laughs> um, mercy kidnapping. Oh, God damn it! I just told you the punchline, basically. But I wrote this thing about how when I go through small towns, I see some of the most beautiful women, and they are with some guys that I'm just like, how did you end up with that fucking loser? Like, what went wrong? Was he like the quarterback of the team champ of the team that went to state back in 92 and you just fell for him and now you got three kids and you're just stuck in fucking toad suck arkansas or whatever and you're still gorgeous i just want to perform like a mercy kidnapping i just want to like like take her and be like quit kicking at me i'm not gonna hurt you i'm gonna take you away from all this we'll send for your babies later <laughs> Uh, I'm tired of people bragging on Facebook about how they're not racist. Well, it's 2017, dumbass. You're not supposed to be racist. Why don't you pat yourself on the back for not being a pedophile while you're shooting for the moon, you fucking dipshit. And also, while I'm bitching about it, don't like people who do nice things or say they did just for likes on Facebook or Instagram. Like, this morning I bought a homeless person a cup of coffee. It just seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, it is the right thing to do, but not for your Instagram followers. This is Jerry, the homeless person who lives in my building. Jerry and I are taking a picture because every Sunday I go by his refrigerator box and I peek in and I say, Hey, Jerry, would you like a pastry? And we talk and it's nice. We'll alert the Nobel Peace Prize people. Becky gave someone a fucking donut. I think if I was to do that on stage, I would name the girl Susie. But you see why it's funny. I hope. Maybe I'm just a dick. I don't know. Um, yeah. I think that's about it for my jokes. And I've almost done 30 minutes, and I'm going to listen to this when I'm done and see how much of a rambling idiot I sound like, and uh, I hope it's not too bad, because I really do want to release a podcast this week. Uh, maybe no one will ever listen again, because they think I'm a one of those dudes who can talk to themselves for half an hour, which apparently I am. Um, let's see. Well, I got nothing else. I'm in Richmond, Virginia right now as we speak. Just got back from a little run, and that was part of what led to me to doing this. I thought, you know what, you pussy, don't, don't not do it. You know, part of this, part of doing anything is consistency, whether it be a podcast or YouTube videos, or, and I need to get better about all of that stuff. I need to get better about all of it, and you know, especially if I want to have a family. You know, I want to be a, a, a good dad. And I want to do everything I can with my abilities because I'm realizing, especially when somebody like Ralphie Mae dies, we're all running out of time. You know, I hate to be morbid, but fuck, we are. And, uh, you know, so let's just do the best we can with it. Try to be nice to people. Try to stay off Facebook. I just deleted my 
Facebook and Instagram and Twitter off of my phone because I'm addicted to it. And I think a lot of us are. You know, I'm flattered when I put something up on Facebook that's funny and 200 people like it within an hour. That's awesome. You know, there's something about everybody's ego that we like our stupid likes. And I also know that lets it lets me know that certain things, like something's funny, maybe I could do it on stage. or. But it's also kind of scary how quickly people like what you put up because that means there's a lot of people on Facebook. <laughs> they're not doing the shit they're supposed to do. And uh, I don't know. I deleted it. I'm going to try to stay off it. I'm going to try not to even, you know, unless I have something to say. Because otherwise I'm just going through it and getting pissed off at how dumb people are, and I've realized that I am no better than anyone else because I like the carnage too. I bitch about people sharing shit videos and fake news and all that. And there's something about me that enjoys it too. You know, God help me. I like going to the comments section when someone shares some dumbass article that you know is bullshit and, or, or something that's divisive, and I love to go in and read people's arguments. And I realized how soul-sucking that is to do. And sometimes I get jealous of other comics. Some comics that I, frankly, know don't have shit going on. They're just really good at social media. And there's no sense in getting jealous about it. If you want to do that, Tim, then you can do that. Don't get mad at them because they're out there getting their hustle on and all that shit just because they're not that good at comics and they're doing it backwards in your eyes and blah, blah, blah. It's none of my fucking business. What anyone else does, as long as they're not hurting me, so, unless I got something to say on there, I'm just going to stay off it as best I can. Try to transition to my fan page. If you are a Tim Gaither fan, which I feel like a douche saying that, because that's short for fanatic. Oh, are you a Tim Gaither fanatic? Fuck off. <laughs> Maybe this is why I'm not more well-known. I tell people to fuck off if they like me. But I do like all you guys. I appreciate you listening. Um, just over 30 minutes, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm sure I'll, I'll stop it and wish I had said something else or been smarter or funnier. But <laughs> but I did it. I rambled for 30 minutes, and I don't think it was too painful for you guys. And uh, I hope I didn't start too many points without finishing them. I know that I did, but that's just how I roll sometimes. And it is. It's hard to do a one-man deal like this. But it was kind of fun. It wasn't bad. And... Uh, yeah, go to timgathercomedy.com, help out bowmaking at makingithappen.com. Um, yeah, give us positive ratings on iTunes and all that stuff. And when I get back, the last few months have been pretty hectic for me. But when I get back, I, I have some changes to make, and, and I hope that you guys will, will hang with me and support my YouTube channel and this podcast when I make some changes to it. Maybe we'll turn it into a video thing. I'm not sure. But I know that some things are in my control and I'm acting like they're not. So, fuck all that. You want something, go get it. And if you don't, be okay with it. <laughs> but if you know that you can do better than you're doing and you're just not, then put a little effort into it. I'm telling myself that. I'm not preaching at you. But if that hits home with you, then by God, I hope it helps you. So thanks for listening. And as always... Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. I've got some great guests coming up. I'm actually, I've got some great guests coming up. I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not going to. 
Thank all of you for listening. God bless all of you. TimGatherComedy.com. And uh, yeah, that's it. Take care. Bye.